Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, blogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments, vlogs such as 5 Minutes with a G, The Straight Shooting View, Coaching with JBK, Audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify, Mixcloud and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and our official website www.pitch-talk.com The pitch is where we eat The pitch is where we sleep And the pitch is where we talk Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages The brand new Pitch Talk website is here www.pitch-talk.com Straight shooting LJA The G-Man JBK Welcome you to the new one-stop shop for Pitch Talk content Check out our Meet the Team page For information about the Pitch Talk co-hosts Podcast page for our podcasts And our RSS feed as well Vlogs and videos page for links to special feature segments, vlogs such as 5 Minutes with the G, The Straight Shooting View, Coaching with JBK, Vlogs and the contact page to get in touch with us. The pitch is where we eat, the pitch is where we sleep and the pitch is where we talk. Join the Pitch Talk revolution. Check out the official Pitch Talk website www.pitch-talk.com Pitch Talk special feature segment. Welcome, welcome. It is your host, JBK, and this is a special feature on the Euros of 2020 slash 2021. We are finally at the end. We are at the end of this. This is the final July 11th. It's going to be a massive game. England versus Italy. Two teams that are pretty much done exactly what they needed to do from day one not a bigger game to actually think about if you're in Europe please let us know how you feel what you think of these by all means get to know the get to know everybody else there is LJA there is uh, Nathan Arsenal there is G-Man along with myself JBK Okay, so have a look at all of our podcasts, all of our uh, comments, and not just on the Euros, but of other things that we also we also talk about. The Euros, the men's Euros, obviously the women's is next next year, and hopefully England and Europe bring the same energy that they have done for the women uh, for the men's Euros as they do for the women's. I'm hoping. So England and Italy so far. I mean, their respective journeys to the finals couldn't have been more opposite, to be honest. And, I mean, Italy started off very, very well. And to me, they've only gotten more resilient as the tournament has gone on. I mean, they've started off with a couple of 3-0 wins um, against, what, Turkey and Switzerland, respectively. It's like they've done very, very well throughout. And in comparison, I mean, you look at England in comparison in the group stage... Um, where we were kind of struggling, we, we were ambling our way through games, but we were getting the points, and that was always the important thing. I think ever, I think everybody in this country wanted to see that electrifying performance and da da da. But I mean, I said, um, "What's it on the straight shooting view?" Where it's like I'd rather a team get 
better as they go along rather than shoot your wad in the group stage and fall out at the last 16. Like, say, France, Holland, um, among other big sides who fell at either the quarterfinals or the um, last 16. And the last 16 went crazy, but I'll come back to that. Um, I mean, England and Italy in the groups, could, as I said, couldn't have been more polar opposite. But both sides have found a way especially in the knockout stages, they've found, found ways to win. And Italy have done it with a bit more style. And up until the Ukraine game, we'd been kind of ambling, I said ambling our way through. Wow. What year has it been? I think it's been a, a very compelling four weeks of the European Championships. Um, we've got a final, a great final in store, England and Italy. Um, not the final that I would have predicted, not that I made any predictions for the tournament. Uh, but nevertheless, um, I think both teams deserve to be there uh, for varying different reasons. So I'll start with England. Um, England, um, a slow start, not the most convincing start by them. Uh, a lot was mooted around um, what whether they preferred to finish first or second in their group, bearing in mind that um, they would face one of France, Portugal or Germany in the next round. Um, it worked out that they faced the Germans, and it and it worked out that they ended up beating the Germans in a in a well contested game, um, and they've just built momentum from there. I think having the the home fixtures at Wembley have been somewhat beneficial, uh, just as they were years ago in '96. Although you feel on this occasion that uh, with everything that's gone on in the world and the atmosphere in in the stadium is just it's it's given England a 12th man. And that momentum has carried them up to where they are now. Um, they've been phenomenal um, in, in the tournament as it's got stronger. Some of their players um, uh, have really shown. I think Raheem Sterling has been outstanding. Uh, Kane's grew into the tournament. After a slow start, he's growing. Um, Sancho has played really well in, in, in the time that I've seen him. Saka has been outstanding. Grealish has shown some nice touches. England have been vulnerable defensively at times. Um, the slow centre-backs, Maguire and Stones. Carl Walker's been outstanding, um, particularly with his recovery pace. Luke Shaw, outstanding. There, there's always going to be question marks about Pickford. I don't think Pickford is a great goalkeeper, to be honest with you. I think he's a... Um, I think he's a, a great B Joe Hart. I don't think he's a good goalkeeper. He has his moments, but he ain't great for me. I think Calvin Phillips has been outstanding in the midfield. Declan Rice, brilliant. Henderson, when he comes on, again, he brings out a bit of experience and, and industry. Um, great combination when he plays Phil Foden. England have got some fantastic options. They really, really do. And, and you, you know, on paper, you look at their squad, you say they should go far. But as I said at the start, I just didn't expect them to do as well as they did. And the momentum's carried them. Um, so it was a great result for them against the Danes. Um, a great result against the... Uh, sorry, great result uh, against the Ukraine, I should say, first. Then the Danes um, last night. I thought, you know, ultimately, um, again, a well-contested game. I just think Denmark ran out of legs. But England's overall quality shown. And the depth of their squad, as I sort of alluded to um, a moment or two ago, so again, um, they deserve their place in the final. Thoughts on England and Italy's journey during the Euro. So England, England's journey has been nothing short of amazing. People have been writing them off in this country mostly, where it's they're not going to get to the final, they're not going to do this, they're not going to do that. People started believing once they got to the semi-final and now they're at the final for the first time 
since 1966 and it could be it could be that England actually go out and do the, do the job do the business Ah, oh, lads this tournament has been absolutely banging and no, not just because England have been doing the business you know it's literally been a spectacle of great football uh, I personally believe you know I, I, I found a majority of the games very entertaining even from the very start and you know, I just want to give a clap to every you know team that's participated. Um, as for the journeys of both England and Italy, you know, they, they both had you know formidable journeys. They both um, have proven themselves to be the top two teams in this tournament. You know, you you look at the Italians. Yeah, I use a word that I don't usually use for Italian football, and that's exciting. You get me? You know. When I think about Italian national football, especially, is it's very boring, um, dry, uh, slow. There, I've always found it. You know, it's defensive. You get me, and th- th- that's what the Italians are known for being. You know, immaculate at defending, but not saying that they're not immaculate at defending now. But they're absolutely exciting going forward you know this team that Mancini has put together and and and, and grafted to you know they you know I, I I was saying to a friend like they they play similar to the like Brazilians it's been exciting it's been it's been cool to watch you know little flicks and tricks here um you know moving the ball forward the way they move the ball forward quickly, you know what I mean? Moving it, moving into space quickly, you know, just pinging the ball around in triangles. It's been it's been good to watch, you know. The likes of Mobley, Insigne, Barade, Locatelli, like these players, like have Verratti have been exciting to watch, and um, there's there's a reason why they've reached the final. Um, you know. They absolutely destroyed their group, nine points. You know, then they faced um, Austria, beating Austria. Oh, they in a tighter game, but they beat Austria. They beat Belgium. You know, Belgium of Europe's the world's number one team apparently. And then also, you know, defeating Spain. Or even though they defeated Spain on penalty, they came up against adversity and they did what they had to do. Because the Spaniards, yeah, were playing a game of their life on that day. Shout out to um, Pedri, who was absolutely awesome. Also, Omar, Omar, should I say, he was, uh, yeah, that's my, my find of this tournament, man. I think he's a, a fantastic player. Going to try and find out more about him. Um, shout out to Morata as well. Um, you know what I'm saying? You, d- you done your thing. You done your thing. You hit me. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Italy. Have managed to get through where they needed to, and they've been doing uh, utmost just to show that all players are needed, not just the eleven that's on the pitch, not just the the ones that come off come off the bench, but the whole twenty six as it is for this Euros have been needed. So every player apart from one has all played some part of the of Euro twenty twenty four Italy and Roberto Mancini. What a way just to make sure that there's inspire and inspiration. And I've, as I said at the start, Italy showed a blueprint of how they need to play. Unfortunately, one of their players have gone down with a, well, massive injury. 
massive injury which is going to keep him out not of the tournament but possibly most of the season and most of next season I should say and it's going to be one of those where you just you just feel for the guy Spinozola he was doing so well and it would have been an interesting battle on both flanks between himself and Luke Shaw to see who gets up and down the pitch more in a final where both of them were needed. As as for England's journey, ah, England, England top dollar, mate. <laughs> England top dollar, and you know what? Um, I'm gonna be one of them fans if England go on to win this tournament. I've got egg on my face because of the criticism that I've been giving Gareth Southgate over the years and throughout this tournament for his team selections. But you know, what I'm saying that, that that's credit to Gareth Southgate at the end of the day. Get me. He's done what he's had to do. He's lived by his decisions. He's put the teams out that he's he's felt is right for the tournament. He's managed the, the tournament. like His game management and his squad management has been impeccable. And that's why England are in the final, you know. And the team as a whole, like the, the, the shape, the way they play, um, it's been so balanced, so um, slick and nice to see. You know, there's some good movement throughout the team. And the players just all seem to know their roles. Do you get me? And there's been some great performances, like performances from Sterling, Phillips, um, Rice, Saka, um, Maguire coming back into the team. Um, you know, even Mings before Maguire yeah, came back into the team. Like, it, it, Pickford, everyone has put in a, a golden shift throughout this tournament whenever they've been called upon. And, you know, you know England... I can say that in the group stage, they, 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 didn't, they, didn't, they didn't start too fast. You know, they beat Croatia, you know, 1-0. They drew Scotland 1-1. Then they um, beat um, Czech Republic 1-0. You know, you know, fair results. But then that, that victory against Ukraine, you know, to me, just ignited the belief. The way they just dispatched of Ukraine 4-0, oh, it's, it's formidable. Um and no, you know what I say that Ukraine. I'm, I, I skipped a match, the Germany match. It's the Germany match that that sparked that sparked the flame, the two 0 victory against Germany. Oh my God! You know that that really got the belief going. Then the Ukraine match, you know, and then you know beating Denmark yesterday um, just puts the uh, cream on top of the the, the cake, uh, the cherry on top of the cream, the whipped cream. So. Um. Yeah, the it, it it it's been a great watch, man. It, it has been an absolute great watch. And now we go on to this final, which is going to be interesting. Remember, Italy have had twenty four hours to rest more than England, so it will be interesting to see who gets picked for this final, and if there's going to be any injuries leading up to this final going forward for all all players com- um, concerned, all players. Um. Moving on, starting lineups. I have a feeling the formation will be will be interesting. How this goes, and it will be key in terms of how the teams structure their play going forward. Will Italy play on the counter, or will they be playing going going forward? Not necessarily on the counter attack, but more. You know what? We'll we'll bide our time. We'll bide our time. Can we get those goals when we need them? Or will it be just okay? Well, it will happen when it when it happens. Their standout player has been Spinazzola, and he was one player I was kind of looking forward to seeing in the final because he's the one Italian player that I'd really fear. 
um, because he is quality getting up and down the pitch, but he can defend. Like first and foremost, as a fullback, he can actually defend. So it would have been so interesting seeing Kyle Walker on on the right hand side and Spinazzola on Italy's left. That would have been a very interesting little battle there. Um, and it's a shame we're not going to see it in the final, but that's one less thing for us as England to worry about. Key man for England on the day, potentially. Could be Sterling. I think he's been in red-hot form. Um, it could be wide areas, because that could potentially be where they can hurt Italy. Um, again, Insigne and Chiesa for Italy um, could be the key man, as I, as I mentioned. Who do I think... Well, who do I think will be the men to watch deciding factors in each game or each team. Um, so, uh, the players to watch, yeah, um, for Italy, I reckon, will be um, definitely um, Verratti um, and Insignia. I think those two players, they have really shown up in this tournament. Um Again, like I say, they they they, they bring a, a really good spring to Ita- the Italian side. Always calling for the ball, always trying to make things happen, you know. And you yeah, going forward, but like again, like it's it's a bit hard to to say with the Italians because they've got so many other players that have like turned up this tournament tournament like Mobley, like like um, Brady, Brady. Um, so it. They, they, they've got a good attack there. Um, for England now, I reckon, obviously, Sterling's going to be the name to really call out and say, yeah, he, he's going to be one to watch. But I reckon the two that actually are the ones to watch for this game coming up, the most important players are going to be Rice and Phillips. I reckon that double pivot is going to be absolutely... Um, it has to be immaculate. You get me? They've got... a you know, add that extra line of cover for the defence against the Italian um, three-man forward because um, we, we've seen what the Italians can do and what they can bring to the table. And obviously, we know what we can do and what we can bring to the table in terms of Saka and Sterling on the wings and Kane up front. But, you know, equally, you got you also have to think about what has to happen at the back. And, um, you know, Rice and Phillips, you know, they're going to have to be the shutout kings of the night. They're going to have to really keep um, Verratti um, quiet, Berardi, you know, keep them quiet, make sure, well, if, they are, if they're playing, you know, make sure, um, you know, they're, they're there to help Maguire and Shaw with the likes of um, Insignia and Immobile, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I think Rice and, Rice and Rice and Rice, I think it's going to be a midfield battle that wins this, wins this game, you get me? And it's going to be, yeah, Rice and Phillips versus Verratti and um, Insignia. It'd be interesting with Italy because Spinazzola um, has been one of their key key players and he's out. Um, and Italy, have, I mean, Insignia has been excellent. They've been very good on the counter-attack. If, I mean, one thing that England were doing quite well in the last couple of games that I've seen them is Carl Walker's recovery pace and the ability to track back. Um, that would be important. It would be interesting to see what the Italians do because I felt the Italians, up until, up, forget the last game against Spain, but up until that point, they were very composed, resilient. You know what I mean? They were, they were 
yeah, you can see why everybody's has mooted them as 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 key favourites in in the um in the tournament. But I just felt in the last game against Spain, I started to see just minor bits of vulnerability. Spain played very well in the game, but you can't. I mean, when you look at Italy, having lost in what I think they've conceded just a couple of goals in. 30 games or whatever it is, I haven't lost in two years. Something along those lines. They're, they haven't lost in a very, very long time. And I think Chiellini, Bonucci, etc., they'll fancy themselves against Kane because that, that's the sort of, that's what they like to play against. So it'll be interesting to see what strategies England use to get through a very, very good defence. Um, whether the Italians, um, if they play with the way they've played in previous games, with their experience and their quality, they're going to cause England a lot of problems. Chiesa, uh, Locatelli and some of the other men there. I think they're going to cause England a lot of problems. But <sighs> with that crowd, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a toughie. It really is a toughie. I hope to see a v- very fast start within the first 10 minutes that we get chances both ends. But again, that's not always the way that um, the game is, especially when you have two teams that have been free-flowing when it comes to the goal scoring. Now all of a sudden, they're going to go in the, the opposite direction. Going to be going in the opposite direction, especially defensive-wise. Will they concede a goal again? England have only conceded one. Italy with three, four, sorry, four goals. So one in the uh, one in the second round, one in the quarterfinal, one in the semi-final. Oh, so three. Sorry. So essentially, that's where it's going to be. Who's going to be conceding the first goal might might give away who will win the game on on Sunday. That's for sure. Defensive defensively, both teams are sound. They haven't really conceded. Attacking wise, they've managed to score some good goals, some very good goals. Not just by the score lines and the margins that they've scored them by, but by the uh, by the goals that they've actually have scored and the team and the way that the teams have scored. That's the difference. The key positions, in my opinion will be the front three of England against the middle three of Italy. Now, if Italy get this right, whether they play a 4-2-3-1, whether they play a 4-3-3-4-3, it could be an interesting uh, result it could be an interesting result regardless because that that, that key midfield battle not just not just because of where the lines uh, the lines going to be drawn, but whether Italy will allow space between the uh, between their midfield and their defence or whether England can exploit using their movement essentially off the ball. Can they get into those little areas, those little key areas between the lines to try and penetrate in behind Italy's older or ageing defence? You look at what we would have coming off the bench. I mean, I, the, I said I wouldn't use Saka from the beginning because from what I've noticed of Saka he's a good tricky he's a good tricky little player and he's got pace he's got pace to burn he's he's got trickery but his influence seems to wane and I think and for me it's usually around about usually usually going towards the end of first halves and then like the start of the second halves he's tended to really fade and literally disappears and becomes anonymous. Like second halves of games that he started, he's literally non-existent. And he's young. I know he's very young. So it's one of them ones. You can't expect him to do that for 90 minutes. Um, But 
it is one of them ones. I'd love to see him and Rashford deployed against tired legs. And the Italians, you look at you look at Benucci and Collini. Benucci and Collini, Benucci and Collini. There is one major thing that they're not want not going to want to do, and that is being ran around, being pulled around. Imagine them two deep into extra time trying to chase Saka and Rashford if we're pinging balls over the top. In a foot race, they're getting annihilated. Yeah, they'd have the experience edge and they'd have to apply some of the dark arts of the game, but if they're already on yellow cards for, say, fouling Jack Grealish or maybe Raheem Sterling, it's one of them where it's like... There's a real there's a real opportunity there, and they might be a bit trepidatious to go in for tackles. So, and you and you can't have any indecision against quick, pacey players. You've got to be decisive. Either you step off and leave them five yards, or you get tied to them. But if you get tied to them, you got to make sure you're getting the ball. So, because if they roll you, they've got the pace to to absolutely skin you like a taxidermy project. So. It's one of them where where I would love to see like Saka Rashford against tired against tired legs. And I said Kalini and Benucci are not gonna want to get turned like any defenders. I mean I'm thirty five for Christ's sake. I wouldn't want to get turned towards my own goal by a nineteen twenty year old and a twenty five year old after I've already been playing for seventy, eighty minutes. I would not want that. That's it'd be like, oh god. I'd be like, oh god. I wouldn't want that. So that would be the way. That would be the way I'd look at it. We have to. We have to use that pace and skill that we've got up top to really alleviate any sort of pressure on our centre backs. I think guys. I think guys like Grealish, Foden, Sterling. And also Kane as well will be deciding factors in our favour. On the Italian side, you have to look at guys like Emerson could be exposed if he plays, what, second, third choice centre-back, um, sorry, left-back at Chelsea. And he's the one who's replaced Spinazzola. And you could really see it as well. So he's someone who can be gotten at. So you'd you put someone like Foden against him. you put someone like Sterling against him to skin him. In terms of starting lineup, I mean, for England, I would look at you got to keep the jumped up Joe Hart, aka Jordan Pickford. You got to keep him in goal, even though there's been a couple games where he's, especially against Denmark in the semi final, where his kicking was really off. He looked a little unsure, but you'd still have to keep him in because um, what's it? Dean Anderson's not available. It's a real shame at that actually, because I I like Dean Anderson. Did very well. Um, for Sheffield United, not this past season, but the season before, um, deserves to be number one at Man United. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not the greatest fan, not just being a Liverpool fan, but also watching Jordan Pickford. I'm not the greatest fan of his, but he's done well when called upon. He's not, he's not been overly tested, and that brings me on to Stones and Maguire, two guys who haven't been overly tested, but. They've got mistakes in them. They always worry me, but I I think they're still the best centre-back partnership that we've got. Mings did well when he came in, but you'd look at Stones and Maguire as the best centre-back pairing. 
Um, Luke Shaw definitely on the left. He picks himself. Same with Kyle Walker. Both have done very well. Kyle Walker has impressed me with... I mean, his athleticism, we've all known that for years, but he's developed as a defender, especially in this tournament. He's actually been pretty damn good. Um, So I've got got to give him credit for that. Um, In the midfield, that's where it kind of gets interesting. I'd keep Phillips and Rice just for consistency's sake. And they formed a very good partnership. Would I start for England on Sunday? Um, I, I I would imagine, I mean, they played Wednesday night, the game Sunday night. Whether they will have the same level of intensity will be interesting. I think uh, Southgate needs to make some changes because I certainly don't think they can play at that tempo on Sunday with the same 11 players. You'd imagine there'll be five or six who do play. The Carl Walkers, Harry Kane, Sterling, they'll play. Um, does he stick with Saka? Does he go, go in with Sancho again? Um, you know, it's going to be interesting in the team session, but I think the bulk of the team will be the same, but I just think two or three will change. In midfield, I would keep Rice and Phillips because they've done well. I mean, they've deserved their places um, throughout this tournament. They've deserved their places in the final. Um, if one of them starts to tire, you could swap. I mean, either one of them, you could swap out um, Jordan Henderson for, swap in Jordan Henderson for. Um, so that works. And at the end of the day, if you need fresh legs and fresh energy in the midfield, in that real engine room, and you need a leader just to calm everyone down, you'd bring someone like it, like um, Jordan Henderson on. Um, and also, I don't think Henderson's fully fit, so I'd, I'd keep him on the bench. Um, the wide positions is where it gets interesting. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my top with my front three first. Um, in in terms of in front of Rice and Phillips, I would actually put Jack Grealish. I would put Grealish there purely on the basis that he's the Premier, he's been the Premier League's most fouled player for the past two seasons since Eden Hazard left. He's been the most fouled player in the league, and I love I love the way he draws fouls from opposing players. Obviously, I don't like it in the Premier League against Liverpool, but still, that's a different story. But I like the way he, because he's so tricky, he draws fouls from players. And if Italy start start nibbling at him, they could start racking up the cards. And certain guys, especially like, say, in the fullback positions or even at DM, you don't want them guys on yellow cards. You wouldn't want a guy, you wouldn't want, say, your DM spending 80 minutes on a yellow card and then it going to extra time. You wouldn't want that. Um, so I think Grealish in front of, um, in front of Rice and Phillips, I think would be pretty good in that number 10 role, just literally giving service to Harry Kane. At the point, at being the point, man, there's there's no better. Um, I have definitely have Kane starting as the point man with Sterling beside Sterling beside him, and I'd actually, I would, I would, I would personally start. I'd start, I'd start Sterling on the right and on the left. I would go for it's it's a tough one. 
it's a tough one. I wouldn't start Saka. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't start him, but I'll come back to him in a second because um, there's a couple of others I could come back to. I would start Phil Foden on the other side. Reason being, with Sterling and Foden, you've got the Man City link. So you've got that working very, very well. And the Italian, remember, the Italians have got that with their back line with, um, what's it, Bonucci and Kalini. I'm going to come back to those two in a second. But them two have played like four Juventus for years together. I think it's been like six, seven years. So that familiarity, you can't look past that. And that's why I think Sterling and Foden would do well either side of Harry Kane. And you could even put, you could even swap Grealish out there, but I'd keep Grealish in the middle where it's busy because that one little trick, that little one moment of magic, I'd have that. Who would I start for England on Sunday? Starting lineups. Ooh, um, you know what? It, this one's a hard one because again, I've, like I said, I, I've been a great big critic, so it's not about Gareth Southgate. And you know, I could say who I would put in the team, but now I've got to question myself: who I would put in the team? Would they realistically get the results that's needed? Because <laughs> Gareth Southgate's gone down his own route and picked a certain team, so I'm not going to say who I would pick. I'm going to say who I think Gareth Southgate's going to pick. Yeah, so I think he's going to keep it close to the team that he's he played in the last game. Um, might be it's probably going to be one change. I think Foden will be that change for Mason Mount. Um, so you know Pickford in goal, um, Walker left. Uh, no, Shaw left back, Walker right back, um, Ming, um, Maguire, sorry, centre back with Stones, then Rice and Phillips as the double pivot midfield, then you have Sterling on the left, you have Saka on the right, Foden in the centre and Kane up front. I think it's going to be as simple as that. Do you get me? I can't see Gareth Southgate um, deviating from what what's taken him to the final, to be honest, and, you know, that... This formation and team has roughly been the same throughout. You know, there's there's been changes at the beginning. I remember when he had Trippier playing as what as the left back, Denny or something like that. Um, you know, and you know, you know, Mount and um, I can't remember Mount and Chilwell had to basically sit out because of you know rubbing up Billy Gilmore and that. But yeah, I, I can see, I can see. Um, Southgate just keep keeping the formula as it is. The one thing I would want from Sterling and Foden, and also Grealish can do it as well. Where I, I would want to quote the to quote Ibis Eagles legend Rob Lusher, down wide deliver. As soon as we started doing that against Denmark, that was when we started controlling the game. That second that second fifteen minutes in the first half, when we controlled the game, it was when we started getting it down, started getting it wide early and delivering those little quick triangles, that quick passing. And one thing that we need to do, I think, in terms of like key players. I think we need to keep Benucci and Kalini on their toes. And that's one thing we've got to get rid of as well, those keys to victory, where we've got to get rid of, look at against Denmark, the two free kicks, the two free kicks we conceded on the way to the goal, to their goal. It's like they were sloppy to give away. Some was like, oh, they were controversial, they were harsh. No, they weren't. I, I'm always worried when Maguire and Stones are turned turn back towards their own goal. 
Unfortunately, it hasn't happened because Rice and Phillips have been so good in front of them. But there had there were times during that Denmark game, during the Ukraine game as well, there were times where Stones and or Maguire were caught out of position and fortunately Shaw and Walker were covering. So I've always said against better sides, that stuff gets exposed. It's just fortunate it came against Ukraine. It's fortunate it came against Denmark. Scoreline predictions, boy. Well, you know what? Man is going to have to go for a... Let's see. I'm going to say a... All right, boom. I'm going to say 2-2 within 90 minutes. Extra time. 3-2. Harry Kane... uh, Mid second half of extra time. That's what I'm gonna say. Three two, so three two overall, but two two in full time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So in ninety minutes, I mean. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this. At the moment, if Italy win, it's probably gonna be by two goals to one. If England win, I think it will be one nil. In terms of um, predictions, I don't do score lines, uh, but I'm going to go for Italy um, to win it. Um, I, I think they've been the best team in the tournament. Um, I just I, they don't concede much. They haven't lost in a long time. I think it's I think it's made for them to go there and get a result. It's, I mean, I, I, I appreciate England fans are going to say, "Yeah, we're going to win, we're going to win." But do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I have to be honest. I just believe Italy um, will do it. They'll get over the line. And um, get the and, and get the result, uh, but football's football. You never know. Scoreline predictions. I'm going one nil England. Heart says one nil England. Head says one nil Italy. Because I think it's going to be one goal either way that makes the difference. It's not going to be a rip roaring high scoring final. Both sides are going to be cautious, and that always happens in a World Cup final. Sides are always cautious. Any final, sides are always cautious. Every now and then you get a high scoring final, but it's but it's rare. And at international level, it's even more rare. I'm looking forward to this. I hope you are. It is a Euro special. Good luck to both teams. I'm hoping neither team succumb to the nerves um, of the occasion, but with it being at Wembley, that gives us an extra edge. It gives us the 12th man. The atmosphere is going to be red hot, absolutely red hot. I'm looking forward to watching the game. I just hope for a great game. Um, the scenes in and around Wembley and ultimately around the country are going to be crazy before the game, during the game and after it. Just the scenes that we've seen across London in the last 24 hours alone um, confirm that. Um, but it's going to be a great night and um, I hope to see a great game and... Um, and I believe Italy are gonna and they get over the line and get the job done. It's going. It's going to be interesting. It's a shame that um, that it's not going to be that it's not going to be Clive Tilsley on commentary. Um, they're going to keep going with Sam Matterface and Lee Dixon, which is a real jabroni pairing in my opinion. But yeah, I'm not going to dwell on commentary. But it is well them. At least the BBC are going to have Guy Mowbray and Jermaine Genus. Well, at least they're going to have Guy Mowbray. So. It's one of them where I'm looking forward to it. I really, really am looking forward to it. If I'm out and about, I'm not necessarily going to be 
focused on the commentary as much as I usually would be, but I'm, well, I'm hoping I'm not going to a venue that's going to have it um, on ITV, where you got Sam Matterface literally begging people to watch it on ITV. And this is going to be a final of epic proportions because it will be the blueprint of football in the next four years, for sure. I can, I can guarantee that. You know what, yeah? That's our views. Looking ahead to the Euro 2020 final. You know what? If you can't get up for games like this as a player, especially as an England player, because it's been so long since we've won anything that matters, Le Tournoi doesn't count, it's one of them ones. If you can't get up for this game, you ain't getting up for any game because, boy, I think it's going to be showtime for the boys and i got three words for everyone. Oh, you ready? Because it is going to be showtime. It really is, man. I think it's going to be an entertaining final. Tactically, that's where, hey, that's where the game's going to be won and lost, man. If Southgate gets his tactics right, boom, we're good. If he gets them wrong, makes the subs at the wrong time, then you just, you just never know. It's it's been a tournament of thrills, spills, ups, downs, but we want to know your views as well. www.pitch-talk.com is the official website. At Pitch Talk on Twitter. Tweet with us, follow us, see what we are up to. Facebook.com forward slash Pitch Talk. Become a fan, become a friend, become a member of the group. Join the Footballer Revolution. We are working so hard to create and perpetuate as well remember we are also on instagram at pitch talk on instagram see vlog previews and much much more up there as well also 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 we are on a number of audio platforms amazon music apple podcast google podcast we're on verbal v-u-r-b-l and we are verbal ambassadors and proud of it as well check us out there player fm import that rss feed jump over to our website www.pitch-talk.com to listen to our podcast directly there as well podomatic podbean we're also on as well as a number of other places you know also as well youtube.com forward slash pitch talk is where you can find our videos you know what we want to know your views give us a like give us a rating give us a subscribe share it Share it as well, man. Share the Pitch Talk podcast. We want to know your views. Comment section is below. I have been straight shooting LJA on behalf of myself, Nathan Arsenal, the G-Man, and JBK as well. Check out all the material, and we will catch you soon. Enjoy the Euro 2020 final. And you know what? Come on, England. Come on. (laughs) See you next time, peeps. Thanks for joining us on this Pitch Talk special feature. Pitch Talk special feature segment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Pitch Talk. We are fans of football dropping vlogs, blogs, videos and podcasts on the beautiful game. Check out our videos on YouTube and Instagram's IGTV, including special feature segments, vlogs such as 5 Minutes with the G, The Straight Shooting View, Coaching with JBK, Audio on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify, Mixcloud and other podcast platforms. Join the Pitch Talk revolution 
Revolution on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our official website, www.pitch-talk.com. The pitch is where we eat, the pitch is where we sleep, and the pitch is where we talk. gentlemen boys and girls and children of all ages the brand new pitch talk website is here www.pitch-talk.com straight shooting lja the g-man jbk welcome you to the new one-stop shop for pitch talk content check out our meet the team page for information about the pitch talk co-hosts podcast page for our podcasts and our rss feed as well vlogs and videos page for links to special feature segments vlogs such as five minutes with the g the straight shooting view coaching with jbk blogs and the contact page to get in touch with us the pitch is where we eat the pitch is where we sleep and the pitch is where we talk Join the Pitch Talk Revolution. Check out the official Pitch Talk website www.pitch-talk.com. <laughs>